0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to Wild Confidence. I'm your host, Ainsley B. And I can't wait to share with you some amazing guests on this season of the podcast. Our goal here is to help one another find, keep, and share our wild confidence in Christ. I'm so thankful you're joining us. And if you love the episode today, I'd be so grateful if you left a review or shared it with a friend. All right. All right. Let's hop in. I can't wait to meet our guest today. Sierra Lane Myers is just like you, a beautifully complicated, multifaceted human. She loves her family and friends, and she loves to read. Like you, she's not just one thing. She's a mother and an award-winning business owner. She's both shy and silly, a book and sports type of girl. Because of her layered nature and down-to-earth disposition, her textured storytelling is fresh and refreshing. You can find her in the pages of this book and in Prosper, Texas, where she lives with her husband, Paul and her daughters, Audrey and Avery, and their dog, Zoe. When I say this book, I mean her book, Glasses Off, that you are about to hear about. I'm so excited to introduce you to Sierra Lane Myers. Sierra, welcome to Wild Confidence. How are you today?
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm good. We've already determined um, your possible Enneagram type, so we're off to a great start.
1: I know. I'm sorry (laughs) for that distracting Uh, question, but I thought you were the perfect one to ask.
0: No, I love it. I'm like, I, by the end of our time together, I 100% would have asked if you knew your Enneagram type and (laughs) we would have gotten to it anyway. So we just covered it already. Um, But I'm so excited to talk to you. Tell me about your book, Glasses Off. Tell me what inspired you to write this book, all of the, the things about this amazing project that you, um, have put out into the world.
1: So the title of the book inspired it, which is weird. Um, I, let me give you some context. It's kind of a funny story. So I was creating content for other brands and for my blog Mm -hmm. and working on, um, my husband and I own a little family counseling practice in our area. And then I had two young kiddos at home and I felt like God was telling me to stop all of the digital stuff, which as someone in this space, you know, like, if you stop, it's kind of over. Yeah. So I really kind of ignored that for as long as I could thinking, oh, it's probably just maybe it's Satan or maybe it's fear or something. I don't know, but it doesn't make sense. So I'm just going to ignore it. And then it just kept staying there as in like an impression on my heart just to stop. And so I finally obeyed and I thought I would feel peaceful but I just felt like so much tension like lord this is such an irrational decision I've just thrown the future of my business away what do you want me to do and so I was kind of angry praying at him like you know with my hands in the sky like lord yeah Justin, this is ridiculous it's been years and you know I've obeyed you and he just it wasn't audibly but i felt like the impression that he gave me was this title and it was the working title at the time it's since been changed but originally it was glasses off how to see god when your vision is blurred and at the time i was not an author i was i was writing but i it was like a secret writer and yeah. <laughs> so i i didn't think of it from an author standpoint so i thought okay god wants me to buy a book with this title so i went to amazon I typed in that title, nothing came up. And then all these books came up about optometry. So I thought, God is going to take my vision away. I'm going to go blind. (laughs) So I started researching like how to tell your family you're going blind. (laughs) I took it very literally. And so (laughs) thankfully God was like, no, sweet child. I just need you to write a book with that title. I'm not yeah. going <laughs> to, I side away. Um, you're not Paul, you know, like you're fine. Yeah. And so fast forward about a year and I'm in a writing competition and they ask us to summarize our book with one word. And so I asked my husband like, Hey babe, what do you think this book is about? Cause you've read it. How would you describe it in one word? And he said, it's about vision. Oh, that mm. was the aha moment. So I'm like, okay, God wants me to write about spiritual vision and spiritual blindness. So I scrapped like 24,000 words and oh kept my gosh. I know. I kept that's like a whole stuff. book. It, it was a lot. And I started over and I wrote the book that I needed to read because I so, so I had stopped. Doing the work I was doing for so long. And God was calling me to this brand new industry, and I have really no credibility to be right. I mean, I have no English degree, I have no connections in the industry. I was really just going on faith and like this title that He gave me. And so I kind of wrote the blueprint of what He was having me go through, which is really cool.
0: That is so cool. Yeah. And then so, it's about vision. And then how did you land on? Well, here's my question. The glasses off title in general, do you wear glasses? Like, do you have contacts or anything like that? Cause I'm just curious, like the the visual you have glasses on, on the, on the cover, right? Yeah. And
1: what's weird is that like, usually when God speaks to me, it's not something I would have come up with. It's usually super strange.
0: That's how you know.
1: I never would have (sighs) like, Hey, let's write a book with glasses in the title. And yeah, (laughs) no, it's just not a thing I would have said, you know? So it's so clearly from God and it didn't come overnight. I spent a lot of time daily, like talking my husband's ear off. Like I did this thing and I felt God told me to stop. And I, and, uh, and I don't know what I'm gonna do and so anyway, i I'm glad to be on the other side of it now, but I think the person that I wrote it for, well, I guess it's probably for two types of people. The first one would be the person who feels that tension or that call towards something but they can't quite decipher what or how to follow through or discern what God is wanting from them and then the other person, I think it's just, for someone who doesn't feel special enough to look for a calling in the first place.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's so important. I love that. And I love that you said that it's not something you ever would have come up with because that is truly, truly how you know. Like the Lord's like, I'm going to tell you to do something that makes zero sense for you. And then on the other side of it, you're like, oh, okay, I see what you did there. That, that's okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm on this on this roller coaster with you. So you're saying, you're talking about the two people that it's for. And I'm thinking about that individual. That's just like, I'm trying to understand my vision. Like I feel this tug, but I just don't get it. Like I don't understand my thing. How can you how can they understand that? How can we help them through that? What does the book kind of talk about when it comes to understanding their specific calling?
1: Totally. I was there and it's terrible and it's yeah. isolating and you ask all your friends and they're like, no, I'm good. You know, like <laughs> I'm a teacher and I'm loving it. And yeah. No one understands and you're like, okay, maybe I'm just like kind of childish or something. Like maybe I need to grow up. Um but i would just say pay attention to that because i think maybe that might be that sense of urgency i talk about in the book of like we have all these thoughts and ideas but the ones that we actually act on it's the sense of urgency that makes us do that mm. and i think that for me like i have an idea to open you know a boutique and do lavender stuff in this little area that i always pass by on my commute and oh, I have this idea to make this product and, oh, I could have another baby or you have all these dreams and ideas, but the ones that you actually act on are so urgent. And I think those are from the Lord. If, if of course they align with scripture, but as far as your question, um, specifically it's in chapter two, I write a lot about this diagram that God put on my heart. And it's just a triangle, very simple. Because I'm like, Lord, I need you to be so obvious. I need your help. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a triangle. Um, and at the top, he just put God. And on the side, he at the bottom point, he put Jesus. And on the other point, he put the Holy Spirit. And that parallels those three words purpose, calling, and vision, which I talk a lot about in the book. And I just broke those down because. I felt like they're such lofty concepts that I was stressed about, and I needed to help my girls learn about them. And I just felt like I had missed the memo. You know, like everybody showed up to the party in black and white, and I was in like a yellow polka dotted thing. Like, did everybody else get the email from God
0: <laughs> about?
1: Calling? I didn't. It didn't come to me, and so. I basically went on a mission to like research as much as I could about those words in the Bible and dictionaries everywhere. I read every self-help book and I kind of condensed it all in chapter two, but basically purpose is at the top of the triangle and out of purpose, our callings and visions are revealed. So if our ultimate purpose is loving the Lord, obviously sharing about him, then our calling can be the space or the field or the stage or the classroom or wherever. It's the where to the why. It's how mm. you live out the purpose. And then if you move through to vision, that's sort of like the playbook, like God's telling you how you can
0: do all of those things. Oh, I'm writing all this down like so calling is the where the purpose is the why and the vision is the playbook the how yeah the how yeah that's right that's good I like that I like that a lot because it we hear the we hear we hear these buzzwords of calling purpose vision then we also hear who what when where, why and we can't reconcile them but in the book, you're teaching us like how to reconcile them, how to make it all fit together to make sense. And so you can then move forward with this vision and this uh, purpose. So, okay. My question is how do we determine like our vision and calling and purpose, but then those, those little, not little, the not little necessarily things but you were talking about like almost dream kind of things so dreams versus Visions how do we determine the difference between those two like our calling and then these other ancillary things that were like like that would be really cool that would be a really fun thing how do we tell the difference between those
1: yeah I think that a lot of people myself included was thinking a calling would mean one thing and then with this diagram I realized like, Okay, I'll use my husband as an example. So he felt like the Lord put on his heart the word people. Mm. And so that could mean a variety of things. It could mean like he chose counseling. So he's a counselor, but he could have chosen a doctor that would help people. He could be a dietitian that would help people, a physical therapist. It's The, the calling is the person and the people, not really like the career Mm. And so I figured out mine was creating because I've been doing that my whole life. I've been creating weird jingles and
0: products,
1: (laughs) images, and just my whole life. And so it doesn't matter whether I'm creating for brands or I'm creating for my friends or this book, it's all the same thing or creating little humans. Yeah, (laughs) it's all all the same thing. (laughs) Um, But I think. I guess in chapter five, I wrote about dreaming versus being a visionary Mm. and that, that was birthed from my best friend and I, we were sitting on her tailgate overlooking some water and I was crying and I was like, girl, I don't want to have a dream and not, and be too afraid to do it. And I feel like the Lord is telling me to do this and I'm scared and she just looked at me square in the eyes and said, you're both, you're a dreamer and a doer. And when she said that, I immediately went home and wrote this whole chapter and was like, okay, and because I'm such a nerd. I'm like, what exactly does dreaming mean? What exactly does <laughs> mean? what does it mean? And what I figured out was that if I kept this thing as a dream, then it was kind of a selfish act. Because no one could benefit from it on the other end.
0: Ooh. But if
1: I move the dreaming and I manifested that immaterial up in the clouds concept into something tangible, then other real life people could benefit from it. And that was um that was a big deal for me to learn that.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I'm thinking of all these dreams that I might have, like. I mean, I would I one of the things I tell my husband all the time. This is so random, but every time we pass like a rundown building, that I'm like, I could fix it up. It could be a co working space. Like, I have no business of doing a co working space. That makes like if I actually wanted to do it, he's like, well, let's like you can figure out how to do it. Let's do it. Let's figure out the financials. And I was like, mm, nah, I don't want to do all that. <laughs> I really just want it to already be done, and me to decorate it and then invite people in and have this cozy, awesome, cool space for people to work in. But that to me is like it's a dream because it's really cool and like a fun thing. But I don't feel like it's my calling because, like, I don't feel like there's necessarily a kingdom impact for me. But one of my friends really did run a co working space. And I believe they made a kingdom impact with the people who were in there. So it's just so funny. And I love how you're describing it because I can really apply it to my life and be like, yeah, that is a dream that really is just sounds like a fun adventure versus I have a kingdom like purpose for this idea, this other idea. Like for me, it's writing whenever I write, I feel a kingdom purpose. I feel like this is not just for me. This is for other people. And it's not to say that I, I don't feel like I know that the Lord can do reach those people and communicate these truths without me, but it's also like that. I also feel like a holy responsibility with it too. So I'm thinking like maybe that's something that plays into that discernment as well. Like, If you have a dream versus a vision or a purpose or a calling, do you feel a holy responsibility with that? Is that something that you felt with writing the book?
1: Totally, yeah. And if your listeners want like a really super easy practical thing to do, then they can just write down all those things like we talked about. And like, for me, the Lavender Boutique would have been like a, a three out of 10. Yeah, Writing the book, it would have been a 10. Because of that, like I have to get it out type of thing. So for you, the co-work space, probably not a 10. (laughs) No,
0: (laughs) not a 10, but I would love if I had the, if I won the lottery, I would definitely do a co-working space, (laughs) but I'll probably never do it in my lifetime. (laughs) Realistically. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. So I'm also thinking like in order to, get these assignments or hear from the Lord, like I'm hearing your husband talking about, he felt like the Lord told him the word people. And then you felt like this, um, this idea is from the Lord and these, this glasses kind of concept is from the Lord, the vision word and all of that. How do you specifically hear from the Lord to even be able to say this was God, this was not,
1: yeah, I mean those things we prayed for. Like my husband felt the people thing when he was 17 and he had been oh. praying in high school his whole time. Like, what do you want me to do when I graduate? I don't want to waste my time. And so prayer for sure, praying specifically, because it's hard. It's hard to discern God's will. And first Thessalonians five, something, I forgot the verse, but We know that God's will is for us to rejoice always and pray continuously and give thanks in all circumstances. But as far as the specific visions that he has for us on earth, I had to really get alone in prayer. I had to not, I had to do my little, you know, rate of urgency, one to 10, because I have a lot of ideas Mm -hmm. and I need to put it down on paper. Um, Also, it just is kind of strange. And you do kind of feel like you're a little cuckoo. Mm. uh, Because usually what God calls us to is hard. Mm -hmm. It's not something very easy. And that's another way to tell. Um, I heard a sermon one time that was really funny that they just said Moses didn't actually part the sea, he just raised the stick. Every morning, I'm like, I'm just raising a stick, Lord. If I oh, look, okay. and if the sea doesn't part, I'm gonna look like an idiot. But here I am. I trust you with this
0: stick. So. That is so true. I love that. I just don't. You don't think about that. You don't think about the like that one act of obedience just really doesn't necessarily make sense. And it, you're just raising a stick at a body of water, <laughs> and and then suddenly you see the miracle. After the obedience, and you're like, Oh, phew. thank you, Lord. I'm so glad that worked out. And I have been in a position where I feel like I raised the stick and that water did not move. And I was like, I'm an idiot. Me too. <laughs> I feel like a fool. <laughs> but you also have to just be willing to do that to see that miracle happen. So, okay, I wrote down a question while you were talking. Okay, okay so let's say that you are. You're like, I know that I need to raise the stick in this moment, in this place, in this direction. And I know that the Lord asked me this, and I know that I feel like this is from him. But what about, what do we do? This is also not a prepared question. Whenever no one else understands it, or whenever our family is like, are you sure? Or whenever our friends are like, that's not the best idea. What? How do we reconcile that?
1: Yeah, that's super hard, especially for people who like to make group decisions. You yeah. know, if someone who is calling your friend and calling your mom and what do you think about this and researching every article and wanting everyone to be on board. I had to learn that there's a process. I actually call it the vision journey. It's in chapter eight. And so the first way to recognize a vision is like I talked about with all how to hear the Lord, like we talked about earlier, the set is confirming that the vision is from God. And that's, I talk about it in the book, but it's prayer. And then the third step is involving others. So what I would do, Mm. what I used to do, what I would skip that second step, I would feel the vision, I would hear it or pray, you know, it would come into my head or whatever. And then I would go and talk about it. And I would process it with other people. But what that did was it manipulated the vision into something else Mm. because I skipped that process of actually praying about it and we don't have power until we pray you know so I missed that whole step which is why I wrote that
0: um, very practical chapter but I'm writing down we don't have power until we pray because I think we forget that that's so good Like whenever you, if you are trying to put something into place that you feel like is from the Lord and you are not bringing it to the Lord, that's whenever you're going to raise that stick and look like a fool. (laughs) That's whenever you're like, oh, that's, I'm trying to either take credit for it or just like, I'm trying, I'm not aligning it with the Lord. Yeah. But when you bring it to him, he's like, okay, I'm going to bless this and create the miracle out of it. I'm going to part the seas and let uh, the other people that are watching be like, okay, yeah, like this is amazing. Oh my gosh. So many things I'm I'm thinking back in my life and I'm like, wow, what are the <laughs> things that I did do without the Lord? And then what are the things that I did do with the Lord? And I can totally see them, you know, one of them had a lot of me focused On it, like my benefit. And then the other one has so much of other people benefiting from the work or whatever it is, you know, the idea or the whatever. So, whenever I'm thinking about, okay, we don't have power until we pray, we have to be connected with the Lord. You talk about a daily date with God in the book. What does that look like for you specifically? And how important is it that it's daily? For, for the people who are going to say, I'm just so busy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, call it my DDG, my daily date with God. Thank you. And, I mean, so I guess for years I would read the Bible mostly. I mean, this is not good, but I would read it mostly to get God's will. Like, okay, Lord, tell me what you want me to do. I'm really good with a bullet pointed list. I'm really good at following the rule, just like tell me and <laughs> I finally started to read the Bible just to discover God's character and mm. who he is. and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm pretty open-minded person about a lot of things, so I'm gonna be open-minded about you and I'm just gonna sit here and I want you to meet me here if you're real. and if you care about me, and if you want to know me, and if I need to know you, and I just kept doing that every day. And then eventually, I no longer needed like the information from him, because I had that intimacy with him. Which is ironic, because then he started to give revelations to me when yeah. I no longer asked for it. Yeah. So I saw the, the power in that. And I thought, okay, I need to do this every day. So that there's just so much noise out there and so many ways to be influenced. And I really was like, I need God to influence me first. And it's so hard to do that in the morning for me. I have a sleep disorder. And so I'm not, I would love to be a morning person, but I really a morning person after coffee, I'm really good. After coffee. And, um, so really, I just said, I'm not going to have like the morning devotional. I'm just going to have my daily date with God. No matter if that's three in the afternoon, if it's 10 o'clock at night, if it's one, I've got to do it somehow. But every day looks different. Sometimes I'm singing in the shower and worshiping him and I'm a terrible singer. So then I stop and I play. (laughs) Uh, And sometimes it's
0: journaling or sometimes it's going on a walk and praying. So. I love that. I like that you're not putting it in a box because I feel like growing up for me in just culture, church culture, it was very much like, you need to wake up in the morning and spend your first 15, 30 minutes to an hour with God. And I'm like, I can't, I don't even download the English language until noon (laughs) at that time. And now it's like, uh, until nine, because obviously I've been awake for three hours already with the child, but like that kind of, process never it always made me feel not like a good Christian or like I couldn't do it or like I wasn't I couldn't hear from God because I couldn't be in this position in this space the way that I was supposed to be and so I like that you're you're saying that it can be anytime it can look like anything it's just very an intentional time to create that intimacy and spend time with him much like we have to do with other people but um and that's that heart position in the right place is what breeds that intimacy and that revelation eventually.
1: Yeah, totally. It's like investing your time with your spouse, you know, you keep it fresh with your spouse
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: the more you hang out with them, the more you know them. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of what I tried to implement with God, as long as I'm present and I'm able to absorb either the, the text. I like my study Bible. You know, I have some rituals like my same highlighter, my same couch, my same study Bible, if that's what I'm doing for, for the day, for the time. Um, but yeah, I wrote in the book somewhere I stumbled into intimacy when all that I was searching for was information,
0: which is true. Yeah. That's so good. I love the the practical things. You have so many practical things in this book that are so easy to apply. And they feel so clear. And I just love that. So where can we get the book? Where can we keep up with you? Where can we get all of these practical things to implement right away? (laughs) Amazon,
1: barnesandnoble.com, walmart.com, Apple Books. And then you can follow me on social at my pin name, Sierra Lane Myers. Amazing. I love it.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited for this book. I'm so excited for you. And I can't wait for everybody to check it out. Thank you so much for hanging out.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so, so much for spending time with us today and hanging out here on Wild Confidence. I hope that you feel encouraged and ready to tackle the day, feeling even more confident than you did before you started listening. I'd be so thankful if you left a review or shared this episode with a friend and I'll see you soon. Oh, don't forget. Let's connect on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Ainsley B and I hope to meet you there.